Shall we begin? Yes? Good afternoon. My name is Julie, and I'm used to greeting people in the morning. This is a, a rare treat to have an afternoon time to get together. Uh, we are so blessed with abundance to have Alma visiting us, and actually two sister monastics are here with her today. Uh, Ani Palmo, uh, that just stepped out of the room, I believe, and Venerable Tenson. So we are rich with abundance today. <laughs> the first thing I'll let you know, the logistics, the bathrooms are just, if you go down the stairs and to the right, and that's probably the only logistic you need to know right now. But they're down the stairs and to the right, both men and women. So... <laughs> Just for welcome to stand up. Huh? It's fine if you want to stand That's fine. This is more comfortable. Okay. Thank you all. Um, it is such a treat to have the monastic community visit us. Um, it is so rich. I always see it as the roots of what's holding Western Buddhism here. <laughs> so I feel very blessed. And uh, Ama comes to us. She was actually born here in California, but uh, didn't stay here long. <laughs> She's actually traveled all over the world doing her teachings and has a special hermitage in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, she began her path as a Buddhist monk in 1979 and um, was with the community in England on her body and she first. Um, very wonderful, deep, spiritual community of uh, monastics uh, that have brought a lot of wisdom and joy to the whole world. Um, she uh, joined Dhamma Body in 1989 and uh, has done a lot of her retreat time in Australia, in the bush country, and maybe part of her teachings will share some of that wisdom. Um, I had the rare pleasure in August of 2010 at being at the Bikuni ordination, um, which was the first in North America, and there were um, four. There were four nuns that went for, forth for full Bikuni ordination. Um, a very, very deep and wonderful spiritual gift. Um, so we are so blessed to have Alma here and her sisters, and welcome. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, everybody here, for coming and for all of the efforts that are needed to put one of these things together with flowers and shrines and sound systems and a lovely meal offering and even with a, with a, with a welcoming committee so that my, my Tibetan sisters can feel comfortable with the, with the color cord. <laughs> Now, Annie Palmo uh, will not likely be here for the most of the afternoon. She has a, a sister, a monastic sister, who's on her deathbed. And so she is going to be attending to her today. But tomorrow she will be joining me with a, with a discussion in the afternoon and then joining also at the talk in the evening time. So we get to enjoy her as well in the, in the discussion tomorrow afternoon and get a sense of her practice and what she, her offerings. Yeah. So we have come together for an afternoon of meditation practice, and isn't that wonderful? Yes. You know, so much busyness in our lives and duties and responsibilities and things to attend to and information to process and social obligations, and it's just really wonderful when people can find the time and make it a priority to come together and spend, you know, several hours on a very beautiful day, interested in meditation. So I rejoice and feel a lot of um, gladness that you're all here today. Um, You know, for me, um, I've been meditating for many decades now, and one of the things that has happened over the last 10, 15, 20 years is, is a deepening appreciation of how important um, our connection with our own body is as a way of helping us navigate the signs of the stuff that goes on in our daily lives. And so as rich and as wonderful as it is to have some special time for meditation practice and as important, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense if there's a kind of like this 
unpassable chasm between what happens on our retreat and what's going on in the rest of our lives. And so to navigate this impossible divide or this apparent impossible divide is really helpful to have some skills and some tools and some ways of practicing that support us in doing that. And for myself, one of the best ways that I have known how over these last three decades is to use body awareness as a way of constantly returning and grounding and referring to what's happening in order that I can use that even when I'm dealing with complexity, information, details, deadlines, and all the kind of normal stuff that we have to deal with in our, in our daily life. And so when we use this retreat time not as a kind of like um, a getting away from that experience, but as a way of grounding our meditation practice in order that we can meet that experience, then already we are bringing together this kind of impenetrable or impossible divide of what can be the case where we feel split between the longing for silence and simplicity and, and being internal and the demands to meet and face uh, people and situations and decisions and information and schedules and timing and overwhelm and all of the normal, ordinary things that so many of us have to deal with every single day of our, of our daily life. Yeah. So when our meditation practice is empowering us to walk every day of our life, then we don't have to move into this or that kind of a story of I need to meditate and be in a silent, secluded place in order to do it because we can bring the skills that we gain and the resources that we have into what's happening all the time. So uh, one of the things that's been happening for me in the last uh, few months is, is that I've been working with a group of entrepreneurs who have very little experience with meditation and yet the visionary of this group um, had just bought an enormous building and wants to set up a, a kind of an estuary for entrepreneurs. And he met me and realized that, you know, it doesn't matter how financially successful you are. If you don't have a measure of inner peace, then the outer stuff that you have in your life, it really doesn't satisfy, it doesn't nourish, it doesn't really have a lot of, of um, it doesn't land in a place where it brings a lot of joy. And if you do have inner peace, it doesn't matter how humble the life circumstances you are, how much money is in the bank, it doesn't matter the power you have or the position that you have, there's peace. So he really got it that, you know, what's really important, even for people in a business world, in an entrepreneurial setting, who've got no framework of meditation as a background, that they have got to begin to start learning how to bring this stuff into their lives. But with meditators, with entrepreneurs, I can't tell them to go on a, on a weekend retreat or a week-long retreat or a three-month retreat. <clears throat> For them to carve out 15 minutes in the day is asking a lot. So what I'm trying to do with that group of people is to bring the principles of meditation into their lives so that they can begin to start shifting their attention regularly throughout the day in what they are already doing. You know, opening the door, walking back and forth, talking on the telephone, working on their cell phone, and using these as the objects to bring attention into our body. So we are, have, I'm making the assumption that the people here have more uh, experience with meditation, a little bit more language around it, more uh, practice with it. We can have a whole day or afternoon dedicated to these practices, but the real important thing is to begin to start drawing the connections about how this stuff is translated into our daily life. You know? And so that will be the kind of the koan of the day. Not the special circumstance where everybody is gathered together because we have one purpose. But in the normal hustle and bustle and rough and tumble, can we bring these practices 
into our day. So we'll start with that kind of question. You know, how do we bring these practices? Can we bring these practices? What is it to bring these practices into our day? And see what happens. Now, um, Julie mentioned that I spent some time in the bush of Australia. And there may be a time when I can expand on that more. But I just want to mention that, you know, I grew up in L.A. And even though I loved nature, I grew up in L.A., okay? (laughs) And so when I went to Australia, it was the first time that I had been in a kind of wilderness situation for longer than, you know, a weekend or a week or two-week backpacking trip, okay? And it was a whole learning to learn how to live in relationship with the wilderness around me and to begin to let my sense of who I was shape itself by the land that I was in and to learn to walk in relationship with the earth. I didn't know that before. I mean, certainly we've all done walking meditation, I would assume. If you've been on a retreat, you've done walking meditation. But for me, I was a lump on top of the earth I wasn't in relationship with the earth. And so when I was immersed in the wilderness, I began to get a really strong feeling of what it is like to live in relationship with the earth. So that the lumpiness began to soften. And then it felt more like I was just with family. You know? And then it didn't feel like I was with family. It felt like there was just nature. So the sense of me as a separate being started to soften and then dissolve. And there wasn't inside and outside and me and family. There was just nature. There was nature. There was just nature. There was just nature. And when one is living with just nature, there's no sense of being alone. There's no sense of being separate. And there's no sense of a limit of where the compassion flows. Because normally we have the boundary of who we include as part of our family or our people or our community or the ones that we care about and the ones that we need to take care of. And those are the ones that we care for. And everything outside of that circle is not something that we care for. But when those lines begin to soften and then dissolve, and all there is is nature, then there's no sense of being alone. There's no sense of loneliness. There is no sense of a limit to where the compassion flows. And when one lives like that, there's an exquisite sense of intimacy with all of life. And there's an exquisite sense of intimacy with the present moment. And there is no boundary on love. And what one begins to feel is the love that one longs for is the love where one is resting. That is who one is. So living in Sacramento, where there's streets and there's pavement and there's cars and there's buildings and there's telephone poles and telephone lines and there's cell phones and there's car alarms, it takes more determination than when you're living surrounded by a national park and all there is is unbroken wilderness in every direction as far as you can see for miles and miles and miles. But it's a question of determination rather than a question of reality. Nature is right here. It's not someplace else. And so our connection with our body is our direct linking with the earth. And our connection with the earth begins to let us feel but there's something more than just our own willpower that we're in relationship with. 
So for me, this has been a big part of my practice, and this has been something that has shifted considerably in the last chunk of time in terms of how I understand what practice is and how I navigate through you know, traveling and being in cities and then having time on my own. So we can see what happens. Being in this exquisite building that was built as a schoolhouse many years ago and now converted into a fabulous community center to support community, to support people awakening in different ways, to support all kinds of learning and education and development. And so let's just see what happens when we can bring nature here, what that feels like into the space. So I would like to begin with meditation instruction by asking people who are able-bodied enough to stand. So what I'd like you to do in standing First of all, and if at any point during the standing you feel that it's really important to sit down, then listen to your own need rather than following the group so that you don't put yourself in a position that in any way is uh, at risking or a danger for your own health. So you've got to make that a priority. So standing, just letting the feet come to about hips width apart. And just noticing if they're parallel or if the toes are out or if the heels are out. Just coming into approximately parallel. And allowing the feet to spread out. And allowing the knees to unlock and soften. And allowing the sacrum to flatten. So if we had a nice big bushy tail like a fox, we'd tuck it between our legs. It puts the sacrum in the right relationship. And then the spine can then elongate out of the sacrum that where the tailbones are slightly tucked underneath the top of the pelvis. And then as each vertebrae begins to elongate through the back, and through the neck, through the top of the head, And then we can let our shoulders relax. We can let them drop. And we don't want our shoulders too far forward or too far back. And then if we let our hands come out as if there was a a small or softball underneath our arms, just a slight amount. There's a sense of the hands are resting at the side with the fingers gently curled. And this is standing. Now one of the things which has been of help to me over the last several years is to learn how I can anchor into the earth. So open up the feet and allow or imagine an anchor dropping from the ball of the feet through the carpet, through this floor, down to the first floor, the ground floor, into the foundations, into the earth beneath us. And then let these energetic anchors sink into the earth, hundreds of feet, thousands of feet, many miles, thousands of miles, until these energetic anchors are all the way into the center of the earth. Now, for many people, they can only relate to this as imagination. But what we can learn is is that awareness pervades time and space. It's not limited to our body. And so when we allow a sense of connection into the earth, 
we're connecting with awareness that's already pervading the earth. We're not imagining it. We're connecting with something that's already there. Now, when we are connected to the earth, when these energetic anchors sink into the earth until the center of the earth, just notice the difference in the way your body feels. Notice the quality of gravity or hovering. And notice the kind of relaxation when you feel supported by the earth. Now let's just take some time and relax. So it is imperative that we learn to relax. It's essential. It is absolutely important to learn to relax our body. So when we relax the tension in our body, it can release through these energetic anchors into the earth. And the earth has the ability to transform what is for us tension into something that is life-affirming, supportive, and nourishing. So we can relax the large muscles in our legs so that they're still holding us upright but carrying absolutely no extra tension. So they become like hollow trees where they're steady but empty. Empty of any pulling or pushing or straining or holding. And then we can relax the muscles of the hips, the sacrum, and the whole pelvic floor. And we can relax those big muscles that are going up in the spine, alongside the spine and the back. And the muscles in our abdomen and our torso. And in order to support this relaxation, it really is helpful that our body is aligned in gravity. We're not pulling forward or backwards. And so as we are aligned in gravity and balance, it really supports the muscles relaxing. Releasing any extra holding or tension or tightness. And coming up through the torso and the back into the middle part of the torso and the middle part of the back. And just taking the time to see if it's possible to bring intention to relaxation. And coming up to the top of the chest and to the top of the back. And relaxing even more and allowing the fingers to relax and the hands to relax and the arms to relax and allowing the neck to relax and the throat to relax and then coming to the jaw And we can allow our mouth to relax, our lips and our tongue to relax, and our cheekbones to relax, and our eyes and behind our eyes to relax, and our forehead to relax. So the things that we're worrying about, or we've been thinking about, the conversations that are not finished, the tasks that still lay waiting for us to do. We can let them all go for now. And let the muscles in our forehead relax and the thoughts relax. And just come into feeling our body standing here.
relaxed and deeply connected to the earth. Relaxation is a condition that supports renewal, bringing fresh energy, vitality into our own body. So when we have energetic anchors connecting into the earth so deeply, we can bring the energy of the earth in through the bottom of our feet. So it isn't only the local geography of where we're at. This includes the energy of the mountains, of the oceans, of the large animals, of the birds. This includes the energy of the whole earth. And so we can allow the energy of the earth to come in through the bottom of our feet with breath and awareness. Like a taproot, we'll allow water to move up from the very depths into the tree, nourishing, energizing, bringing nutrients, soothing, supporting. And so we can allow our feet to receive the energy of the earth mixed with breath and awareness. And letting it fill our feet. Enliven our feet. Renew our feet. And allowing the feet to feel whatever they feel when this is happening. Tingling. Movement, sensation, pressure, warmth, coolness. And allowing attention to open up and uh, feel what is there. Not as an idea, as a direct experience. Feeling the body at the feet. And then allowing this energy to move up from the feet into the lower part of the leg. Renewing and refreshing, revitalizing the feet and the legs now. Moving up the legs to the knees. Moving up from the knees to the thighs. And every time there is movement, there is allowing the energy and breath and awareness to come into this part of the body. And then awareness receives, knows what is going on. The sensations, the tingling, the energy, the pins and needles, temperature changes from the legs into the hips, into the hip joints, into the sacrum, into the pelvic floor, and then moving into the torso, filling the torso, the organs, the muscles, the whole area of the lower part of the torso and the middle part of the torso, and the upper part of the torso, all the way up to the collarbones and the tops of the shoulders. Breathing in and allowing the whole part of the body from the feet all the way up to the collarbones to feel filled with awareness, with breath, and with the energy of the earth mixed together. Now the fingers and the hands and the wrists and the arms. The underarm 
and again to the top of the shoulders and up the neck and at the jaw the back of the head and up on the face the mouth the lips tongue the cheeks the ears the eyes and behind the eyes So now the whole body from the soles of the feet all the way to the top of the head have an open connection to the earth, to awareness and to breath. Breathing into the whole body. Energizing the whole body. And now, with the same degree of care and interest, changing postures and coming into sitting. As we shift from standing to sitting, it's helpful just to take a couple of moments and check to see that your posture is balanced, aligned, and relaxed. And in sitting, what is needed is to have the top of the pelvis, the top of the hips, slightly forward of the sitting bones. And so you can tell by rocking forward and backward, where is that place where you're not being pulled forward by gravity and you're not resisting being pulled back by gravity? Where is that place of zero effort? And if you can find that place of zero effort, It's often where the top of the hips are just slightly forward of the sitting bones. So you don't need to force it. You don't need to lock it. What is needed is to allow it, to discover it. And when this place of zero effort is discovered, sometimes you can feel an upwelling in through your spine. It's not through effort. It's through breath and life force. Where the spine elongates, the neck elongates, and the muscles continue to relax. Again, it is so important to learn to relax. And what supports relaxation is balance and alignment. And when we stand, when we sit, when we walk with balance, 
alignment and relaxation, already that supports a posture that allows the mind to follow suit. So continuing to breathe through the whole body. Allowing renewal into the whole body and relaxation. to settle deeply into the whole body. Renewal on the in-breath. Relaxation on the out-breath. Feeling the whole body breathing. What is so important in bringing attention to our body is to do so with the right attitude. It's an invitation, not a demand. It's done with care and kindness, not with judgment or opinions. Again and again and again and again and again and again and again. We begin for the first time. The noise pulls our attention away from our breath and our body. We can take notice and reconnect. No need for opinion, no need for judgment. Just reconnect with the body breathing sitting here.
Continuing to allow the in-breath to renew and the out-breath to relax. And if it's hard to stay present with the breathing, if the mind is skittering and scattering, moving from here to there, then sometimes what is helpful is just to add a little bit more sense contact with each breath. So wherever your hands are, you can gently just move your fingers for each in-breath and out-breath. So pinching your fingers together or holding the side of your fingers against your thigh, touching them, just a slight movement with each in-breath and each out-breath to help give a little bit more sense contact with each breath. It helps allow attention to rest, to settle, and to connect. So you can use your fingers like an abacus, counting, making sure that the sensations of the breath stay predominant and the cessations of counting is just like 5%, just another little anchor for attention to rest.
And as the breath begins to settle, then the need for extra contact can fall away. One doesn't need to use the fingers as as an extra sensation to help allow attention to connect with the breathing. And the hands can come into stillness. And the breathing can come into fullness. And so these skillful means are used when they are needed. And when they're no longer needed, they can fall away. Connecting with the breath through the body, dropping stories and ideas, and just being with the direct experience of breathing. Just take a moment and check and see what's happening to your posture. Have your shoulders started to slouch? 
your sacrum in such a way so that the back is not easeful, upright. And without willfully rearranging the body, just see what happens if one can bring attention to the body and allow the body to come back into balance. Almost by itself. Just a movement slightly allowing the sacrum to come so that the top of the sacrum is slightly forward. And seeing if the spine then is able to elongate by itself. And then reconnecting with the breath. The posture supports relaxation. Relaxation supports ease and concentration. Subtleness emerges out of concentration. And with that comes more ease and more relaxation. They are supportive of each other. When the body is upright, aligned, and balanced, when breath energizes and relaxes, attention connects with and settles into our own experience of having a body. that I have been I just did a, a little while ago and, and my my friends my students enjoyed it very much it's earth walking you know most of us when we're walking or hovering on top of the earth actually most of the time when we're walking we're hovering beside ourselves <laughs> so to feel our own body and then to feel our body connecting to the earth is not the way we normally walk 
we normally walk with an idea of where we're going and we don't feel between here and the ground. You know? we're, we're there. We, we are at the place where we want to arrive at rather than here and feeling what is happening in our own body walking here in connection with the earth. I haven't had a chance to explore the ground yet to know if there's grass. Is there grass around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, probably the best thing for those who are not too shy is to walk barefoot on the grass to do this. Yeah. And to feel it. And so what I'd like to do is just to um, have people stand up again and um, just share a, a little bit of instruction. And then for people to take uh, 30 minutes or so outside and then come back here afterwards. Yeah. So standing up again. And, you know, what's helpful in a, a, a little retreat like this is just to begin to get a sense of, you know, the meditation is not only about the time when we're sitting. The meditation is all the transition times. It's everything. It's the in-between times. So when we're opening the door, when we're using the toilet, when we're moving from standing to sitting, or sitting to standing, or walking, when we're getting our shoes or taking our shoes off, to bring awareness into the sensations of what we are experiencing. This stuff, the in-between stuff, is really one of the fabulous ways of linking our practice with our daily life. Because it's very rare that we're actually focusing for long periods of time in a daily life that is filled with lots of different stuff. But when we can bring our attention into movement, sensation, transition, shifting, and get a sense of what that feels like, well, we can also do that in other contexts as well. Okay? So once again, the standing, for those who are able to feel connection to the feet. And if one's not able to stand, one can still feel the connection with the earth. Okay? So dropping those energetic anchors once again into the earth. Letting them feet, the bottom of the feet open up, feeling the connection with the earth deep, deep, deep into the earth. Way into the center of the earth. Now whether you're standing or you're sitting, Just shift your weight from one foot to the next and allow one foot to empty. Still connecting to the earth, but allow it to empty. And feel the empty foot staying connected to the earth. Now, just lift that foot up, the heel of that foot up, so that the toe is still connecting. And see if you can feel the connection with the earth, even with the part of the foot that's no longer touching the floor. And put it down again. And do the same thing. Come back to center. Shift the weight. Lift the foot up, just so that the heel is off the ground. And see if even with the heel off the ground, you can feel the connection with the earth. Bring it down again. Come back into center. Now this time we're going to move to that side. Lift the foot up. And then take it so that it's just, just the toe is only just a fraction touching the ground. So that all of the weight is balanced on the one foot. And see if you can still feel your connection with the earth. With the foot, but there's only the toe is just barely connecting. And then put the weight back on both feet. Okay? So now I'd like everyone to try and take a step. And as you step, just see if it's possible to stay connected to the earth. It might feel a little bit like you've got salt water taffy on the bottom of your feet. You pull up, but there's still a connection with the earth. Take one small step and then shift weight and feel the connection with the foot that's now lifting up. Take another small step and shift your weight. So your interest is the connection with the earth as you are walking. You stay connected with the foot that is both in contact and feel the connection with the earth with the one that is not 
is that even enough of a sense to have a trap? Yeah? Okay. So what I'd like to do is to ask somebody to... Um, this clock says 10 past 2, 11 past 2. So can people set their clocks and come back here for 2.40? And would somebody like to go around with the bell at 2.35 and ring? Somebody like to do that? So I've got these little bells here that are next to my water bottle. Okay. So um, come back here for 2.40 and we can do some more. Okay, thank you. Can you use this? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.